Hello and welcome to the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. If we haven't met yet, then my name is Claire. I am a registered nutritionist. Uh, I also have a background in exercise science and in I'm a trained teacher in natural fertility education. Um, and I specialize in helping women with PCOS understand their body so that you're not fighting it anymore, like I was for 10 years. Because uh, I have PCOS too, so I know what you're going through and it's it's frustrating. It, it sucks, the big time. But when you understand why your body's doing what it's doing, like what I term the root cause, then you can actually put the right changes in place in your life to correct that. So those changes can be anything from changing what you eat, how you move, your sleep, what vitamins and minerals you have in your body. And they can have a really massive difference. So you only have to listen to um, a few of the interviews we do here on the podcast understand that small changes can have a really huge difference for so many women with PCOS but often it's about getting that right combination of changes um, for you and your type and what's actually the problem in with well not I don't want to say the problem but what's what's not working optimally in your body so this is exactly what we do in my program the PCOS protocol Um, it's a live program so you come in join us we then figure out in the first week what's going on, what the main issues are for you and then the next 11 weeks is all about changing, tweaking a few things in your diet to that are going to have the biggest change for you in those. So um, every week we have like a live Zoom call where we talk, you and I, if you want to join me, you don't have to, but if you do want to join me, we talk literally one-on-one and in the in that kind of group setting. Um you also have the private Facebook group to ask questions and we answer those as soon as we can um, in there and you get to meet other women with PCOS and kind of talk about the frustrations and what's going well and what's not and share the wins and losses. So that is what we do over the 12 weeks. If you've got any questions about that, just don't hesitate to reach out and ask us. So email us at hello at the com, and for more information about that program, you can go to thepcosnutritionist.com forward slash the PCOS protocol or just hit program from the main menu and I'll put a link in the show notes. So today is a mini pod Q&A where you ask us questions on our Instagram stories and I pick them, pick some to answer. So one question that I have from this week and it has been asked quite a bit before is about bariatric surgery and PCOS. So Emmy and Joanna you were the ones asking about that this week but I'll try and tag anyone else who's previously asked about it in other um, Instagram posts as well, just so that to let you guys know. But bariatric surgery is, or gastric bypass, lap band, it's known by quite a few different names, and basically all these are just different um, surgery methods to achieve the same outcome, which is to make changes to your digestive system, which then help you lose weight. And the way that they achieve that is um, largely by changing your gut hormone levels that are responsible for hunger and satiety. And that not only leads it leads you to eat less, but actually what it does is to um, change your hormonal weight set point. Okay, And this is something that is the new theory about how weight um, occurs is that if you um, have been at a higher weight for a lot of your life, your body has adapted to that and that's become your new normal. And so it's really hard 
to then change that body set point and force it down to be lower. It's kind of like if you've been um, used to being in a room where the thermostat is set at, you know, 27 degrees Celsius, which is about, oh, it's about three times, Fahrenheit's about three times more. So let's say it's like, I don't know, 80 Fahrenheit. If you've been used to having that, your body will get used to that temperature. When you um, walk out, even if you walk out into you know, a relatively warm environment, so say it's 24 degrees, that'll still feel cooler because you are used to that higher um, temperature. So it is then harder for your body to get used to operating at that lower temperature when you've been so used to having that higher temperature and you will feel cold. So the same thing happens the theory is with with weight is that when your body is used to, you know, um, a certain weight. So say for example, it's two hundred pounds. Then you go and lose twenty pounds. Your body will naturally try and fight to get back to that body weight set point of two hundred pounds. So it's really hard to maintain weight loss. And so that's how the theory of why bariatric surgery can be so effective long term. So there are, have been a few studies on bariatric surgery and PCOS. Um, I think there's been about 20 from memory. Um, and it is interesting. Actually, no, it was only 13. Sorry, I lied. I look back my notes. 13 studies involving over 2,000 women with PCOS. And... Overall, they found that women that had had bariatric surgery, um, their menstrual cycles um, became more regular and they developed less body or facial hair growth known as hirsutism. Okay, so they both improved at the 12-month period for most women. Okay, not all, but for most women. Um, and also insulin significantly improved as well. So that is really positive, really, really positive. And um, I think this is, Emmy, to your question, why you are asking why do, are doctors pushing bariatric surgery? And I think it's a bit of a combination of two things. One, because of this, you know, because of a lot of research and probably clinically as well, they're seeing that it can help many women. Um, but two, because that's, you know, when you study conventional medicine, when you're a, a, a a doctor or a gynecologist or endocrinologist in the conventional medicine system you've really only learned two treatment options one is pharmaceutical and one is surgery right you're not learning kind of lifestyle based approaches like you know really specific changes in diet you might learn to tell a patient to eat less and exercise more to lose weight but you haven't learned about well how does insulin actually play a massive role in there why can you eat less and exercise more but not lose weight if your insulin's high okay that's you're not learning that you're not learning about exercise strategies to be most effective in improving insulin and weight you're not learning about what vitamins and minerals your insulin receptor actually needs to work properly so therefore you can actually lose weight so um, if you don't know this how can you then pass it on to your patient and if you've got a, a, um, a thing that works a surgery then that you know you'd be like hey well this is an option for you so that's um, but it is interesting that you feel the way that you describe that Emmy it's like you're obviously feeling pushed or that there's a push to go down that route. And so this, you know, that needs to be weighed up with how, you know, your feelings of that as a patient, as a woman is, you know, how comfortable are you with that? And 
what are the long-term implications of having a surgery like this because it's not something to take lightly you know there are a lot of long-term implications in terms of how much how many nutrients and and a lot of stuff that they don't know so in terms of long-term implications of bariatric surgery um there is you know from a weight loss perspective it looks pretty good and the big analyses that have been done on this kind of 15 years after weight loss surgery show that most people maintain you know a significant weight loss at 12 years which is pretty incredible you know there are not a lot of other um you know there are a lot of other studies and stuff that show that you know things like a lot of diets and stuff don't last that long so to have had a, you know fif- at 15 years um and these these are not small studies i mean this is like a total of over 3000 patients to show that um you know there was a significant weight loss at you know, 15 years is a really good outcome. But what is also interesting is, well, what's the other kind of implications of that? Is there implications in terms of how many vitamins and minerals you can actually absorb when they, when part of your stomach has been removed or part of your, you know, your digestive system has been that significantly altered? Um, I haven't actually seen any of those studies. I'm not saying they don't exist. I just haven't seen them because it's not something that I'm looking at every day because my role is not a surgeon. And so therefore it's not something that I am, uh, you know, prescribing or focusing on. So just, um, I would say though, if you, while there is some really, really good research here for bariatric surgery and PCOS and it can really help many women, it's not the only thing. And so never feel like you only have one option remember that the person that you're talking to will only be able to give you the options they've been trained in so what they might be saying to you well bariatric surgery is the way to go but that's because they don't know any you know different alternatives and so it might take you to talk to someone who's a specialist from a functional nutrition functional medicine perspective to understand cool well, that's definitely one option and we can look at that here are some other options do you, would you like to look at these and here is evidence basis for them here is the you know my clinical experience and what helps some women and what doesn't help other women um, and understanding that you can have you know a lot of different options available to you um, but maybe just talking to one person isn't going to give you those options so I'd definitely say that for many women it can be a really great an incredibly life-changing thing to go through bariatric surgery both from a, um, a health perspective but also you know going through that surgery is quite significant um, it's not the only thing that can help for you so just remember that um, to really be the kind of master of your health and kind of like how you would if you were working in any kind of role if you were if your job was looking to, to do something different your work was looking to do something different say you were looking for an advertising agency would you go with the first advertising agency you worked with probably not right you would ask around get for different quotes get them to pitch different work you probably go out to RFP for that work and get a whole bunch of different proposals back and then you would go through the proposal with the proposal that you liked the most Okay, same thing, kind of go out to tender for your health, go and talk to different specialists and then synthesize that information, come back and say, right, what do I feel most comfortable with? Or maybe it's that you, what's the least risk? So go with that option first, maybe if that's the way that you like to think um, and think actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to try the lowest risk option first and see how that goes and if that works, great. If it doesn't, perfect, I can move on to the next, my next most favorite option. So 
that's the way that I would approach it. I know it's long-winded and I know that it can be expensive, but this is your health, right? And going through a major surgery is not to be taken lightly. And so if you want to know all the available options, then that's really the only way that you're going to get that. And um, and I also assume that bariatric surgery is expensive in itself. So if you're going to go spend that much money, don't you want to know that that is the, really the best option for you? Um, or and in, and in some cases that you can't get away with a less a less risky option. I I know that I would. I'd want to know. Okay, what's the less risk I can take for my health to achieve the best outcome? And work my way through those options might take a couple of years but actually I'd rather that than you know suffer from consequences of that surgery down the line when I didn't need to um so yeah that's kind of my personal opinion of it but I have in saying that um you know I have worked with loads and loads of women who have had bariatric surgery and have found it the most amazing thing that they have ever done so do realize that there is some really good evidence backing behind it. Um, it can help to improve your ovulation. It can help to improve hirsutism. can help to improve um, your insulin. And therefore, um, that's why it can help to improve the hirsutism because it improves testosterone and androgens. Um, but it's not the only thing when you look at how... And also, of course, weight as well. And for many women, that's like one of the most frustrating and hardest to change things. So that is really good evidence basis, but it's not the only thing that can do the same things. Okay, so yeah, that's probably all I've got on bariatric surgery. As I said, I'm just certainly not the expert in this area. That is not my role. Um, and if we ever find a great bariatric surgeon who is willing to come and talk to us on the podcast about the different methods and how they go about it and what what talking you through all of the different options, I will definitely get them on here because I think that is a really great thing for you to have in your up your sleeve as an option for you. Um, and especially if you can kind of understand from them all of the different procedures and how they work and what works. Um, but also too, I think that as well, if you're going to go down that path, um, it's also really important to know how you're going to eat and move and live your life to have the biggest impact from that bariatric surgery because bariatric surgery doesn't necessarily cause weight loss by itself it needs to be in conjunction with changing your diet and the way that you live so you need to understand what you need to do post bariatric surgery and in most cases I know that many dietitians and they'll have like a consulting process before they do the surgery to make sure that you're a really good candidate and often it will require you to actually make some changes prior to going into that surgery. So if you can actually demonstrate that you are, you know, really taking matters into your own hands and changing your diet and exercising and stuff for the best, and maybe it's that you think, actually, well, I'm not one of those person, people who's eating McDonald's for breakfast, and I'm not, um, you know, eating 12 donuts in a sitting. I'm actually living a really healthy lifestyle. I totally get you. But what it might be is that you just need to tweak that slightly for you. So maybe you're not eating McDonald's for breakfast, but you're just not eating quite right for your body and what's going on for you, whether that's insulin or stress hormones or thyroid or whatever it is for you. So just um, that's the thing to understand is it's not going to be necessarily a magic pill. You have to actually work to achieve that weight loss as well. So getting to understand your body and what's going on um, is really, really important. So I think it needs to be a combined approach 
with the surgery and also the um, the lifestyle change as well to get the maximum outcome from that surgery. And if you're going to have the surgery, you definitely want to get the maximum outcome, right? Like you don't want to go through that and then it for it not to work. So um, really make sure that you get on and, and understand how to eat because also too, even if you lose that weight, I've worked with many women who have come to me because they've gone through bariatric surgery, lost weight, things have improved, but then a couple of years later, they've started to gain weight and they need to really get, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't have this again. I do not want to go down that route of route of, um, of gaining weight again. So they come and learn how to eat and how to manage their lifestyle to um, preempt that weight gain. And it's not about necessarily the weight gain, it's often it's about that insulin kind of has improved and then it's gotten worse again. So it's really about, it's not the necessarily the fact that you're eating too much or anything like that, but the fact that we need to try and get your insulin down and keep that down to stop that weight gain. Because weight gain is often just a symptom of insulin issues. So that's, yeah, that was kind of an afterthought, but actually was probably the most important thing I just said then. <laughs> you know, it's just that it doesn't matter whether you're going to go down that route, you or not, you really have to get that diet and lifestyle um, things sorted otherwise um, you could be yeah setting yourself up for failure there so hope that that helped you guys um, Joanna Emmy anyone else asking about bariatric surgery and PCOS we'll be back next week with a full length podcast on thyroid and PCOS and then a Q&A uh, the following on the following Friday so if you want to ask a question for the Q&A that's on our Instagram stories uh, we post the question box um, so it's like a box that on our stories that you type your question into and we'll post that on a Tuesday or Wednesday um, and we look at those, basically all of those questions in there and I just pick out the ones um, that I think, or if there's, you know, especially if there's a few around a common theme like this that I think we need to delve a bit more deeper into, um, then we'll pick those questions out. So I hope that that helps and talk to you next week. Bye for now. Now stand by for our disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information including about the PCOS nutritionist products and services and is designed to support clients' overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals as appropriate regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.